Hi, this is Kevin McCullough. Thanks for listening to the Christian Outlook podcast, where we cover today's issues from a perspective that honors your Christian faith. Our podcast is brought to you through a partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I trust you'll enjoy. This is Psalm 84, Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. O Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength, each one appearing before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, O God of Jacob. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Blessed is the man who trusts in you. Psalm 84. uh, It's a beautiful psalm, isn't it? I mean, the praise, the glory, uh, just fabulously, incredibly overflowing as a place of worship. Well, um, with that in mind, we're happy to welcome back to the show Matt Smethurst. Matt is the managing editor of the Gospel Coalition, author of Deacons, How They Serve and Strengthen the Church, here today to talk to us about Psalm 84, How to Be Hashtag Blessed. Matt, welcome back. How are you? Good to be with you guys again. Yeah, Matt, good to hear from you. Uh, Interesting, you start off your article by saying that Spurgeon called this the sweetest psalm. Yes, uh, Psalm 84 is, it's not, uh, you know, necessarily one of the most famous psalms, although, um, as you just read, we, we uh, many of us might know the praise and worship song, uh, where we sing about how lovely is your dwelling place. And yet Spurgeon gave it this superlative designation. He, he kind of felt that this, this psalm stands out among um, among all the psalms in terms of uh, just just capturing the sweetness of what it is to know God. So Matt, in our age that uh, people hashtag words as a means of communication, you know, people hashtag blessed all the time, but I think for a lot of people, they might not know exactly what blessed means. Can you go into that? Yeah, I did a little uh, search on Instagram and uh, just for the hashtag blessed and got 133 plus uh, 133 million plus results, and so um, <laughs> this is this is certainly something that that um, it, uh, this vision of the good life that that we see um, in, of course, pixelated and often filtered form um, on on the internet, and yet uh, the Bible holds out a very different vision for what it means to live the good life, what it means to to experience the blessed life. It's not something that can be reduced to uh, material well-being. It's it's not something that can be reduced to um, health or financial security um, or a picture-perfect vacation. And yet, um, 
when you compare what the world offers to what a vi- the vision of, say, Psalm 84 is, you see how actually what the world has on offer is what's impoverished and what God offers us is far more satisfying. Yeah. Isn't it difficult when you see, and you know, I'm not trying to be overly critical here because I totally get it. You know, you'll see someone post something on Twitter, you know, um, one year cancer free, hashtag blessed, um, or, you know, just had a baby, uh, hashtag blessed, or, ha- or how about hashtag God is good, right? Um, and not that that's not true, but what's hard is when the cancer scan comes back the wrong way or people aren't able to have kids. Um, and it's, it, you know, all of a sudden you're in the Valley of darkness and then you're hashtag blessed. What does that mean? Hashtag not blessed. Or does that mean hashtag God is not good? Yeah. Well, I think of, of Job, um, you know, if he had an Instagram account, then he would have next to Job one twenty one written hashtag blessed naked. I came from my mother's womb naked. I returned mm. the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So that doesn't fit in well to this kind of a a social media um, driven uh, conversation, right? And I don't just mean a conversation between people, but I mean the conversations that we're all having amongst each other. It's harder to get at those dark places, Matt. And, and, you know, reading here in in Psalm 84, um, 5. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have their hearts set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the Valley of Baca, they make it a place of spring. So it's kind of like they're blessed in spite of their circumstances, not because of, or not even through. Right, because their eyes are fixated on the only one who can provide true joy, whether whether you know the clouds are um, whether it's a cloudy day or or a sunny day, um, you know the the good life. One of the messages of this psalm is that the good life is not about having everything you wanted; it's about having God, even if it's in the midst of nothing you wanted. And I think that's what we see. Mm. The psalmist is is craving, he's panting, he's yearning to be in the temple of God with the people of God. He's not there, but that's where. Uh, that, that that's where the, the 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 highways of his heart are are pointed, and I think it's a really uh, sobering and challenging word for us today. Yeah, yeah, Matt, and I, I, that to me is, I think, the key thing that that it is challenging, because when you read that, I mean, that is such an exalted state of praise and worship and longing, and to be honest, I mean, it's rare that I find myself yeah. stripped down to that totally submitted to that to have that i mean it's it's euphoric it's i can't say it's over the top but it but it is euphoric and it humbles me in the strength of that i mean it's it's often beyond me yeah and this and maybe this is not the direction you wanted to go with the with the interview but but let me let me just give listeners one kind of simple challenge here uh, which i think arises out of uh psalm 84 Okay. So, of course, in the New Covenant era, uh, we as Christians are, are not being summoned to go, you know, to, to book a flight to Jerusalem and go to the Temple Mount. That, that's not how we apply the words of this psalm. We apply the words of this psalm by running in faith to the ultimate temple, the true temple, Jesus Christ, and by uh, 
by folding our life into that of his people. The church in the mm. New Testament is described as, his te- as the temple. Now, here's the point I want to make. You, you, John, just said that we often can, can feel kind of spiritually sluggish, and we look at a psalm like this, and we feel like, man, I, my heart is not where the psalmist's heart was. And I feel the same way. The psalmist, uh, you know, mapped onto today, this would be like longing to go to church, longing to worship with God's people. And having come off a year, you know, you know, over a year now, um, where most churches are, are live streaming worship and many people have not gathered in person, it's really easy for those muscles of gathering with God's people to start to atrophy. Now, there are valid considerations, valid cautions. I'm not saying that everyone right now needs to return to church, but I want to encourage anyone listening, as soon as you are able, turn off the live stream and, and get in the car and go back to be with God's people. And you will find that when you start to do that, it will be difficult at first because it's, it's like when you haven't exercised in months, it's going to take some rebuilding of that muscle but you will find joy at the end of the road. That's good. So I got to tell you, Matt, I, I, I second that so strongly. And here's the thing that I found really interesting. When I went back to church, like I was fine. I was really doing fine with a live stream at home. And the only reason I went back to church, to be honest with you, to worship when I did is because I'm on staff at a church and I had to. Okay. So I walk <laughs> in the door and after the worship service was over, I said out loud to the person next to me, I didn't realize how much I missed it. I just didn't realize. I mean, I was fine. The whole year at home, I I felt like I worshiped fully. I really, you know, got a lot of the live stream, but it wasn't until I got back that I realized how much I missed it. Yeah. And praise God for, for technology, which, which enables us to participate in worship in a way that we wouldn't have been to just mere, mere decades ago. And yet how strange would it be if there was say a husband who was deployed with the military overseas. And while, while he was gone, he and his wife stayed in touch over FaceTime. And yet when he returned home, they still decided to interact over FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 it's, not, um, it's not the way that we were made. We were made for that embodied experience of life on life, fellowship in the presence of God. My lover awaits, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I need to be there in person to have the full experience to embrace that. But Matt, what's it like for you? I mean, have you gone back? Um, I'm back. But, you know, to be honest, I'm, I'm really happy to be back. But everybody wearing the mask, it kind of freaks me out. <laughs> it's not ideal, but I, I, I feel like the light is at the end of the, is at the, end of the tunnel. And um uh, I, I do. I do hope this will be in the rearview mirror uh, sooner rather than later. But you know, get your body there, and your heart will catch up. That that's my encouragement. Mm, to, to, that's to good. Get your body things. there, and your heart will catch up. I like that. Yeah. Don't don't wait until you feel like going to church right, to make right. the decision to do so. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. You know, in a while uh, we're going to talk with um, a friend of ours who's got a church on the west coast. And uh, he's talking about, you know, what's it going to be like? I mean, what do you envision? I mean, a lot of churches see this. I mean, of course, everything's changed and it's hard to sort of peer into the crystal ball. But I do believe that a lot of people will stay away because of the ease of, you know, 
the video stream and they feel like, well, I'm doing due diligence here. I'm getting my church time in and that's good enough. But, you know, you're running contrary to that. You're saying the opposite. But things clearly are going to change. Yes, well, this this is a difficult time for for pastors. You know, I'm I'm in the process of uh, preparing to plant a church in in Richmond, Virginia, and man, I, I, I'm so grateful I, I didn't try to do it a year ago. Um, you know, I, I'm hoping to kind of come on the heels of of all of these difficult decisions. I know a lot of pastors are experiencing decision fatigue. Um, but one of the hard things and the discouraging things to the pastor friends I talk to is that so many of their members are MIA. They don't even really know how they're doing spiritually. Really? And uh, I, again, I would just encourage encourage listeners: you need um, you need to be meaningfully, vitally connected to a local church. It is not just a side dish, uh, you know, in in your Christian life. Uh, something that you can take or leave. Um, there, Satan loves free agent Christians, Christians who aren't. Uh, you know, formally connected to any body, accountable to members, submitting to elders. He loves that, and he will he will capitalize on your vulnerability and seek to lull you to sleep spiritually um, uh, over the course over the course of of a month. So be, be vigilant and defy the devil and return to church, even if you don't want to. That's good, Matt Smithers. That's Matt Smithers. Yeah, Managing Editor of the Gospel Coalition, brand new book called Deacons, How They Serve and Strengthen the Church. Hey, Matt, just one more thing. I mean, you brought this up. How do you plan a church? I mean, is this going to be a house church or is this going to be a full-on church? What's that look like? It'll be a full-on church, Lord willing. Um, of course, we know that, that the church is not the building, so I don't I don't yet have a meeting space, um, but I do have people, uh, people that are considering being a part of this, and uh, we're really excited to, to, to move to Richmond and lock arms with, with other healthy churches in the area to reach uh, the loss for Christ. That's what I like. I love someone planning a church who says, I'm so eager to get in there, meet other Christians and lock arms. That is the attitude, Matt. We're totally behind you. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's Matt Smith. Thanks for listening to Christian Outlook. Our program is coming to you today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you enjoy our podcast, take a moment and tell a friend to subscribe today.